All right, uh, guys, I'm going to give you some scriptures, and if you'll put them up on the, the wall, I appreciate it. Uh, we're looking at the doctrine of sanctification. Now, I had to get on my knees today. I'm going to shut these, these off, if you don't mind, if I can get it to do it. <clears throat> Works like that. There you go. One thing I can't stand, that's cold air blowing on me. Now, I like, I like uh, air conditioning, but I don't like it blowing straight on me. But anyway, we'll get that taken care of. I think maybe that ain't working real good. That's just like me. I can tear them up, but I can't fix them. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three and four tonight. We're kind of break off of what we're preaching through the book of first Thessalonians. And in chapter four this morning, we looked at that in verse number three and four, just kind of a kickoff verse here. This is the, for this is the will of God, even your what? Sanctification. All right, does anybody need one? And you can flag your hand right here. Need one. If you need one, flag them. And we'll get, want to make sure everybody gets some. People might check over on that side, guys, see if there's people back in there that needs one. For this is the will of God. And I believe any saved person ought to be interested in the will of God. Amen. If you're saved, you ought to be interested in the will of God. The Bible said he's not willing that any perish. But God says that it's his will, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. And then he comes down verse number four to every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in what? Sanctification, sanctification and honors. No matter what is sanctification, there on your sheet, just kind of a, a sanctifies to set apart. It is a separate uh, unto God. To be set apart to God is sanctification. I want you to take your, uh, we're going to look at, go over to chapter five in first Thessalonians and verse 23. This issue of sanctification is, is a uh, theme throughout uh, Thessalonians. And uh, boy, I've I, I said a while ago, I had to get on my knees this evening and ask the Lord to forgive me as a pastor for not preaching and teaching this church on sanctification. I, in 40 years of preaching, I never have looked up all the verses and things on sanctification. And as I did that, I realized I missed something very, very important. I was telling somebody this evening, if we're not careful in what's called fundamental circles, we'll make sure that everybody knows the rules. Yep. Everybody knows the standards. And when we try to have, even though they're biblical, even though they're right, if it's not done apart, if it's done apart from the work of the Spirit of God, it becomes trouble. Amen. And sanctification, by its very nature in the Bible, is a work of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. It is something God does, and whenever sanctification comes, you don't need no set of rules. Amen. The Spirit of God will lead you and guide you into truth and give you a heart's desire to please God and obey God. And I realized today that I messed up, and I'm going to tell you why, how Satan cheated me out of this in just a little bit. But look at verse number 23. And the very God of peace do what? Sanctify you how? Holy. Holy. Now that is W-H-O-L-L-E-Y, not H-O-L-Y. And he, look at what it says there. Uh, he said, holy spirit, your whole spirit. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body. We're talking, when he talks about sanctified holy, he's talking about complete sanctification. You are, and I'm going to give you this foundational thought. You are, if you're saved, you are sanctified. 
You're being sanctified and you will be sanctified. Spirit, you are sanctified now unto God. Soul, you are being sanctified. And at the resurrection, you will be sanctified. And we're going to look, look at all these verses tonight. But uh, I want to, uh, let's go to, let's just hit a few. Ver no, I'm going to stop right now. Illustrate sanctification. When I married Karen, her and I were sanctified unto each other. Set apart from everybody else to her. Sanctification is not just getting away from the world and hiding from the world. It's turning your back on the world and all of its stuff to God. Amen. When I married her and those vows that I took, they were, those were sanctification vows. It was a vow and forsaking what? All others cleave thee only unto you. This is sanctification. It's saying I'm done with everybody else and only unto them. That's why marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. And I'm just telling you something. I'm excited about sanctification. And I believe God's going to take this church. Now, let me tell you why I did this in sanctification. I was, don't be careful. Okay. I, I, I shied away from it. I grew up around a lot of what's called being sanctified holy. All right. I have sat in church services where they stood at testimony time and they'd get up and say, I want to thank God that I'm saved and sanctified. And when they defined that, what they meant by that was that they had experienced a second works of grace that brought them to a place where they didn't sin anymore. And it was, it's a false doctrine. They ain't nobody. If any man say, if we say, 1 John chapter 1, if we say, save people, that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Truth's not in us. You don't know a preacher that doesn't sin. Amen. All right? And so what I saw was, another thing I saw, and I'm not, I'm not downcasting anybody or anything, but I'm going to tell you what, what I just, in my, in my view as a young man, I saw also pride. I'm sanctified holy and I don't sin. I saw spiritual superiority. But now let me say something to you. I'm not blanket covering those people as bad. If that's what you're taught, you grow up, that's what you're taught. Uh, let me say something to you. They used to talk about uh, being in a church service and that you needed to have this, you were saved, but you needed to have this second work of grace of sanctification. And you were supposed to come and you were supposed to pray through until God did this in your life. But I'm going to say this to you today. I don't, I don't uh, oppose that in the intention of trying to get closer to God. The, it, the thing, by the way, I'll tell you where this came out of. If you, if you want to do some history, there's a guy named Uncle Bud Robinson. And he started what was called the holiness movement back in the early 1900s and back in there. And out of that movement came this thing of a second work of grace. And it was like, and here's the deal of, they knew that there, that they knew there should be a subsequent work of God in your life after salvation. And they, they knew this business of saying, well, I'm saved and I just go live like I want to. They knew that was wrong, but their answer to it got away from scripture. And so I, so because of that, 
I backed away from the subject of sanctification. And I drifted off to standards and rules and the Bible teaches this and, and, it, and not apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. I knew that. But in the course of that, this is why it's very important. A lot of times what you grow up around, there's some problems with it and you realize it. And so instead of adjusting and getting lined up for scripture, we back away from it all. Right. And cheat ourselves and Satan's put a back door on us. I want you to, uh, so look at that verse again. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless and come into the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would put upon the Bible, upon the uh, deal there, 2 Corinthians 3, and I would like you to write these scriptures down. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. You guys are a lot faster than I am, usually about getting to the scriptures. The, this church actually is named off of this uh, passage of scripture here. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, not bondage. Amen. Liberty, not bondage. Now liberty is not license. Liberty is the freedom that we have within the bounds of God's holy word. I'm just like a calf in a fenced-in pasture, amen? I can just run, flip my tail up, and have a good time. But beyond that fence is a, a four-lane highway, and if I get out of that fence, I get run over. Amen. God says, you're at liberty within my word uh, to live. Yeah. Now watch what he said. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, and that's speaking of the word of God, a mirror, the glory of the Lord, and when we do that, there's something happens to us. Here it is. Are changed into the same image, the Lord, Amen. from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Not because mom and daddy said you shouldn't do this. But the work of the Holy Spirit within us that changes us from glory to glory and does what Romans 12, 1 and 2 talks about, conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ. And it's done by the Spirit of the living God. I want us to look at uh, Philippians 2.13. Look at Philippians 2.13. And again, write these scriptures down and I'd encourage you to look them up this week and read them and meditate upon them. Look at verse 13. For it is God which worketh in you. How many knows? I want you to realize that now if you're saved, God is working in you. Amen. God's not out there somewhere in space somewhere just, you know, not concerned about you, dealing with you. He's working in you. Yeah. And sometimes we don't understand why God is allowing certain things to happen or what's going on in my life. Most of the time for God's people, it's that he's working in us to accomplish his, to conform us to the image of his son. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Not my will, but his will. Not thy will be done. Go further with me to Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What? According to the power that worketh in us. The power of God that's working in you. Here's something I want you to get. After God saves you, his spirit is going to work in you. In a sanctificational work that separates you from the world unto the Lord Jesus Christ and conforms us to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here today and I want to say again, Christianity is not a big old list of rules. Don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. It is the Spirit of God working in us, conforming us to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And it's in a love deal. It's in a glad happiness that, the God, that God is working in me. I'm glad of that. Amen. I'm thankful. That, that brings joy to my heart that God is working in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And he is sanctifying me. I'm, all, I'm 70. Yeah. Did you know God is still sanctifying me? God is still separating me from things of this world unto himself. Now, let's go to Colossians 1.29. And then we're going to take off here a little bit. Colossians 1.29. The Bible said, Whereunto I also labor, striving according to what? His working, which worketh in me mightily. How many has ever heard the song, He's still working on me? to make me what I ought to be. The person that wrote their song understood something that after they got saved, the Holy Ghost of God was going to be working inside them and God, he, he will we'll, uh, hang on, I'll tell you what, I get so excited. But anyway, <laughs> let's take off. Definition of it. The definition of sanctification is to sanctify, to set apart, to separate, to be set apart to God is sanctification. Write down holiness. Sanctification is aligned with holiness. What is God doing in the saint? Is he conforming you to the world? No. Is he conforming you to sin? No. Unto holiness. Sanctification and holiness are, are just like two pieces of joint and wood. They're together and you're not going to separate them. Now, in the, so let's go this to examples of sanctification. And I'm not going to, you can look up these verses. I won't do it right now. But God sanctified days. He sanctified the Sabbath day in the Old Testament. He sanctified persons there. The next thing you see on examples. The priest in the Old Testament were sanctified. And they were, they were sanctified. What does that mean? They were set apart to the service of God. I want to say something to you. When God calls you to his service, he'll save you. First, he'll save you. Then he sanctifies you. Then he'll use you in service. A lot of times we're trying to go from salvation to service without the sanctification. Without the sanctification, our service will be pretty rough road to hoe. All right. And the next thing is he sanctifies places. The sanctuary. We call this a sanctuary. What do we mean by that? This room, this property has been set apart for the glory of God. Amen. This is not a pool hall. This is not romper room. This is a place sanctified, specifically given to God as a special place to come meet together, to assemble ourselves together and to worship God. You can say what you want. You say, well, church ain't place. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's places God put in the Bible that was sanctified. You just didn't come walking into the holy place. You just didn't come sauntering up in there into the, in, in the gateway. You approach that with a reverence toward almighty God. Amen. And so there are things that are, that are set. There are places, there are persons, there are days that God separates and Christ himself in John 17, 16 and 19, there talks about his, his, about his, he was sanctified unto God. What's that about? He was set apart, Christ was, to the service of God in the coming of the offering of himself for a sacrifice for our sin. Christ was sanctified unto God, the Father, as our sacrifice. Utensils, you see there the next one. Utensils in Exodus were sanctified. You can go in, I mean, all the stuff in the, in the office of the priest and the tabernacle and the temple, those utensils were set apart and sanctified unto God for use for the Lord's purposes. Here's a big one. Children in the Bible, the Bible teaches were sanctified. Job, in Job 1.5, got up and his children were having a feast. 
The Bible said he went out and made an offering about them and for them and sanctified his children. I read that today. I read that. I went back and read that in Job. Let's go to it. Put up Job 1 5. I, I, I say this is probably one of the biggest things we can get a hold of out of this thing. Job chapter 1. What are we going to do with our children? The Bible teaches here that Job sanctified his children. Let's look at verse, chapter 1 and verse number 5. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and did what? Sanctified them. What's that mean? What's that mean for you and me? That means that God gave you a child. You ought to sanctify that child unto God. I, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't, I, this gets pretty close. I've told God many times, I didn't, I didn't ask you to give us them children. I didn't spend my life raising those children to give them to the world. I gave my children to God. I'll tell you what, you don't have to, I've seen people have big de baby dedication services and I'm not against it, but I'm going to tell you, if you're just going through the formality and you're not going to go back at your house and sanctify your children and raise them in the nurture and ask the Lord, that service is a joke. I'm telling you right now, we need to sanctify our children and give our children to God and set our children apart. They belong to God. Amen. Amen. And what Job was saying is my children, they belong to God. They don't belong to this stinking world. We need to sanctify our children. So anyway, those are things that can be sanctified. Now, here we go. The sanctification of the believer on your outline there is threefold. Number one, remember it's spirit, soul, and body. First Thessalonians 5, 23. Positional sanctification. Boy, I tell you what, this will bless my heart, make me want to shout. I'm telling you, the definition of positional sanctification is our standing before God, not our character. Amen. Amen. Positional sanctification in the Bible. Boys, I want you to put up 1 Corinthians 1, verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2. Here's what happened. When God saved you, he separated you. What did God do with the children of Israel? He saved them, then he separated them unto himself. You don't belong to the world anymore. You don't belong to the devil anymore. You don't belong to this world system anymore. You belong to God. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to find out. I'll tell you right now, you just won't get happy about it. I'm glad I belong to God. I'm glad this world doesn't own me. I'm glad the devil doesn't own me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. We are, when God saved us, he sanctified us. Hey, can I tell you something? Your children said to you tonight, they don't belong to somebody else. They belong to God, but I'm told they don't belong to somebody. They're your children. Amen. They're your children. And God has sanctified us. They're going home with you tonight. They're sleeping in your house. They're eating your food tonight. They're sanctified unto you. That's how we are with God. I don't belong to the devil no more. When I got saved, he sanctified me. He took me out of this world, took children of Israel out of Egypt, and God put me in his family, made me a child of God, and I'm sanctified positionally in Jesus Christ. And it has nothing to do with my character because my character ain't worth a flip. Amen. I'm sorry, low down. I'll be truthful with you. If I didn't have a hold of the truth that I'm in Christ secure by his sacrifice and by his grace and by his righteousness, I wouldn't have a hope in this world. I'd do like my dad said, if that wasn't for grace, he said, if it ain't grace, get you a summer shirt on the fan in your hand because you're headed to a hotter climate. If it's not the grace of God and the righteousness of Jesus Christ, I don't have any hope tonight. Let me tell you what God did when he saved you. He didn't, he didn't just make a new creature. He didn't just reconcile you. He didn't just justify you. He didn't just redeem you. 
He sanctified you. He brought you out unto himself. You belong to God tonight. You ought to get this down tonight. You're sanctified positionally in Christ. Look at that verse. Under the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified where? How? In Christ. In Christ. That's positional sanctification. It's not about your character. It's not about how good a person you are. It has nothing to do with it. God literally by divine sovereign grace took you out of the wickedness that you were in and when he saved you, he placed you in Christ. And if any man beware, in Christ. He's what? A new creature, amen. I'll tell you tonight, I'm happy because I don't belong to this whole stinking world no more. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through, amen. I'm going to tell you something that I thought would make you a little bit happy. I'll make you a little bit happy. Man, I'm telling you tonight, when I think about the truth of this position of sanctification, that God did that in spite of my rotten character, Brother Jerry, I'd want to jump up and down, amen. Bless God Almighty, it's not dependent upon my performance tonight. It's dependent on what he did. He put me in Christ, and then he called us to be something. What? Saints. 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 Used to in American history, in the church, people used to talk about saints. When the saints go marching in. Amen. You know what, I bet you, if you'd call your wife a saint, try that all this week. Saint Karen. Now, you know why we don't like that? Because we, we, watch this, we let the Catholic Church rob us of that. Saint Thomas and Saint, Saint Henry and Saint whoever. And we know that's a bunch of junk. But did you know that, don't, just like I told you how I was robbed of the doctrine of sanctification because of a perversion of it, I am not letting the devil rob me of the sainthood, the saints, the believer's saints, just because some religious outfit twists it and perverts it. Whether you want to believe it or not, in Christ you're a saint. Saint Karen, Saint Van. They're more of a saint than Saint Nicholas. Amen. 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 Now I'll tell you what, when next time your husband starts acting like Don Zen, call him a saint, see what he does. Don't call me saint. (laughs) Once that would cool the matter down. Yeah, it will. Once that would cool the matter down if we just addressed each other as saints. I wonder if it'd make us act differently in church and anywhere else if we always remembered that we are sanctified, saints sanctified in Christ. Make a difference in us, amen? How many here, sorry, how many, I'm gonna take the bottom of the bucket. I'm the worst sinner, I'm chief of sinners in this church, but how many's just a notch above me? Okay, you're just a notch above me, all right? I'm gonna tell you something tonight, aren't you glad that your positional sanctification is not dependent on how well you lived last week. It's dependent upon God placing you in Christ and God sanctified you in Christ. I'm telling you right now, if you ever get a hold of this, you'll flip your truck. I mean, you'll you'll have yourself a spell. I'm set apart to God in Christ and nothing can change that. Look at, go to verse number, go to verse number 30 in that same chapter. This is what Paul's trying to teach him. This is why he's telling the church at Thessalonica, be sanctification. But of him, watch this, not of you, 
But of him are ye where? In Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and what? Sanctification and redemption. If we're not careful, we're always looking at wisdom and righteousness, redemption, and skipping over sanctification. I am set apart unto God in Jesus Christ positionally forever. I'm in Christ. No man can pluck me out of his hand. Amen. 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 So don't believe that. That's why you ain't happy. You, you know what? I wouldn't be happy either if I was trusting me. But I'm happy because I'm trusting him. I don't tell you, ain't nobody going to have a bigger time than I am. I'm resting in Christ. Amen. He's, he's my all in all. You say, now Reggie, here it is. Position of sanctification, we refer to our standing before God, not our character. God has separated us to himself. We stand before him as perfect as Christ because the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to us by faith. Amen. Imputed to us by faith. That's a, that is a mind-boggling truth to grab hold of that God literally imputed the righteousness of Christ to me by faith in Christ and God counts me as in Christ, perfect in Christ. Not perfect in Reggie, but perfect in Christ. Now, when did this happen? It happened at conversion. Put up uh, Acts 28, 26, 18. When you are sanctified and positionally, it happens when you got saved. You no longer belong to this world. You are, you are a purchased possession of Jesus Christ and he took you out of that world just like he took Israel out of Egypt. You don't belong to yourself. You don't belong to Satan and you don't belong to this world. Look at Acts 26, 28. To open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are what? Sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, I'll tell you what, when God saved you, he sanctified you positionally. Right then, put you in Christ and you're positionally sanctified, set apart unto God. You belong to God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, if we can go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11. I get dependent on them guys and if they put up the wrong verse, the wrong version, I'll tell you. Now, I'll know if they put up the wrong version. Amen. 6, 11. The Bible said, what? Well, look at this verse. But such were some of you. But such were. But such were. The things I used to do, I don't do no more. For the Lord made a change in me. The clothes I used to wear, I don't wear no more. For the Lord made a change in me. And the places I used to go, I don't go no more. For the Lord made a change in me. And the way I used to think, I don't think no more. And the way I used to talk, I don't talk. Amen. You were. But what happened? You got washed. That's your salvation. And sanctified. And justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And how? By the Spirit of God. Amen. It's by the Spirit of God. Everything goes on in God's world is by the Spirit of God. Now you may say, well, this is just a little bit too exciting service for me. I, I can't help it. Amen. I'm just, I'll tell you right now, this is precious. 
The time of your positional sanctification is at conversion. The means of that, I want you to look at Hebrews 10, 10. The means, how did this happen? It happened by the sacrifice of Christ. Hebrews 10, 10. By the which will, we are sanctified, how? Through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ for how long? Once for all, oh brother, believe it. That's where that song come from. I'll tell you what now, if that hits you, I'm waiting for the Holy Ghost to hit you. <laughs> Sanctified. Yes. Once for all. Yes. Done deal. Yes. Put in Christ. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you something that I got. I don't know. I'm just as happy as a hog and slop. Amen. I mean, to tell you what. Look at that. Look at Hebrews 13, 12. Hebrews 13, 12. Look at this stuff. It ain't Reggie Kelly. Yeah. It ain't you, it's Christ. It's all Christ, amen. Yeah. Hebrews 13, 12. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people, how? With his own, With his own blood. Man, you talk. Should we not value that which he did with his own blood? Should we not value being sanctified by the blood of Christ? Should we not value that, that we have been placed in Christ and God by the Spirit of God, by the work of the blood of Jesus Christ? How precious is that? How important is that that the blood of Christ sanctified us? Brother, I'll tell you something. Amen. You know why this means something to me? Because I'm sorry. I'm wicked. Yeah, I'm low down. I'm a hypocrite. In the sense that I don't live up to everything I preach the Bible teaches. Does you? If it weren't for this, you wouldn't have hope. I'm just being honest with you. Get off your self-righteous high horse. You wouldn't either. You know why I'm going to praise him forever? You know why I get up morning and say, happy, bless God Almighty, it's a good day. You know why? Because I'm in Christ sanctified once for all by his blood, what he did on the cross. I'll never go to heaven without this. This is what he did for me. Amen. Sanctified the people with his own blood. Second thing, and this is where the rub gets rough. The second thing is progressive sanctification. I call it practical sanctification. Now God did the position of sanctification when he saved you. That's a doctrinal truth in the Bible. But here's where the rub comes. Practical sanctification is how he's working in you day by day to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. That ain't going so good sometimes. How many can stand a little sanctification work in you? How many can say, Lord, I, I, I think you could work on me a little bit. All right. The definition of this is by practical or progressive sanctification. We refer to the actual daily experience of God separating us from this world unto himself and from seeing the world unto himself. Now, let me tell you what God did with me. When I get saved, I like that song. Why don't you love me like you used to do? Why do you keep a treat me like a worn out? Boy, I thought that was a cool song. Oh, Hank Williams slop. You listen to Hank Williams, you just will be an old hog drinking slop out of, a, out, of a, out of a mud hole. You listen to country western music, you just, you just drinking out of a mud hole. Come on now, say amen. Say amen now. 
when God saved me, you know what he did? I'd, I'd hear that and it's the Holy Spirit inside Satan. I want you to get away from that. Well, I kind of like that old hound dog music that makes me feel all. Yeah, your flesh does. I live and I own, I own you and I've separated you and now we're not, you're positionally separated. Now we're going to work on you practically in your daily life being separated under God. So you know what happened? I got to where I just, that made me sick. Now I hear that junk and I go, Bleh. Who wants to, you know, don't, hey, how many here say, listen to country west music? I mean, no most depressing. Amen. Oh, she left me at the bar last night. She ran off with Joe. Now I'm blue. I would be too. You want to get depressed? Listen to that junk. And you want to be crazy? Listen to rock and roll. You ought to be stark, raving, crazy. I mean, you try, deal, they, that in rap. I mean, rap. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm telling you, something in my spirit goes, no. And you know what? The Holy Ghost said, don't want you to listen to that. I said, I ain't no problem with that. But now, Lord, there's some of them. I mean, Elvis was, he once in a while sung a, he sung a church song, How Great Thou Art. I'm going to be honest with you. God's, God has, over time, just changed everything. He just changed everything. He just gradually led me out, led me away from that, led me away from that, led me away from that. So, Reggie, don't want you, you, you don't belong to the world. Took me away from the world's music and the world's all that kind of stuff. And some of you kids don't know what I'm talking about, but I ain't going to get into all that junk. <laughs> Go back to 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18 again. I want you to look at that verse again. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with an open face, beholding, watch this as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Are what? Changed. changed. God will change the way you talk. Yes, he will. Yes, he will. And you may say, well, I don't cuss, but there's words that we use that ain't really clean and we know it. He'll change the way you think. Why, you get, you get a Democrat saved and you quit voting now. <laughs> I know some of you Democrats have been saved. You don't vote like you used to. <laughs> Got to change the way you vote. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He changed the way you think, the way you talk, the way you dress. He'll change the places you go to. Everything. How? This book right here. So now, wait a minute. I've been saved 40 years. Maybe somebody sitting here been saved two years. Now you watch this. Give them time for God to change them. Give them time for God to change them. He didn't change you overnight. And he's probably not going to change them overnight. Now there's some things God will do just instantaneously and take it away from you. It's over with. All right. <laughs> but give people time for God to change them. All right, let's go on down here. Now, 
Uh, let's go to Philippians 2, 3. Philippians 2, 3. I don't know. I hope you're having as good a time as I am. Amen. Philippians 2, 3. I'm just glad God's still working on us. Amen. Uh, 13, 2, 13. For it is God which worketh in you, both the will and do of his good pleasure. Not my pleasure, his pleasure. All right. Now, so let's look down. In 1 Thessalonians, the time of our progressive sanctification is throughout our lives right now. God has called us unto holiness in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 7. 2 Timothy 2, 21. That, go to put that up on the board, guys, if you don't care. 2 Timothy 2. And just keep putting each one of them up as we go along. When I get done with one, I'll pop the next one up if you don't mind. 2 Timothy 2, 21. Look at that passage of Scripture. 2 Timothy 2, 21. Ah, that ain't right. Hang on. No, I'm in, no wonder I'm in 1 Timothy. 2, 21. I'm going to tell you what. Now watch, go back to verse 19. Everybody get a hold of this. One, I hadn't been saved, but about six, I hadn't surrendered to preach, but about six months, and I heard a young boy, not a young boy, he was a young man, about 25 years old, preach up here in Kansas City, Missouri, and he preached on verse number 19. Here's what he said. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Amen. And he preached on that, and it changed my life. He said, you say you're saved? It says, let everyone, in the name of the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. This has to do with God's work in you and sanctification. Now he said in verse number 20, look at verse 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel. Remember back in Thessalonians this morning, how to possess your, how, how to possess your vessel? Yeah. Shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, there it is, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You listen to me. God uses people that will allow him in practical sanctification. You say, God, I'm not letting go of that. I'm not going to let you change me in that area. He'll say, fine, help yourself, but we're not going nowhere on my deal. I'm telling you, sanctification is important to you in your growth and your walk with Almighty God. We're going to have to keep running. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, let's go to that. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17. This is all through the scripture. Now, I had a sister here in church come up to me tonight before church. She said, Reggie, I checked out how many times sanctified was in the New Testament. Anybody want to make a guess? Five times. I haven't looked it up. Take her word for it. Five's number of grace. What's that tell you? Your sanctification is going to happen through God's grace, not by your good intentions. Amen. Okay. How do you get grace? By humbling yourself. Amen. All right. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 17. The Bible said, watch this. Now here's this sanctification deal. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Watch verse 1 of chapter 7. Therefore, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting what? Holiness. Holiness in the fear of the Lord. And you can go ahead with that. Romans chapter six talks about that as service to the Lord, we should bring forth fruit into holiness. Now, let's talk about, we see that progressive sanctification, practical sanctification in our daily living, it's while you're living right now. But how does that happen? It happens through the Word of God. 
It happens through the Word of God. The Word of God will change you. Amen. You read it, you meditate upon it, you memorize it, you believe it, you apply it, God's Word will change you. John 17, 17, let's look at that. Again, get these verses. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. If you're interested tonight in sanctification, practical sanctification, and you would like for God to work in your life, to conform you more to the image of Christ, and to work in you for his glory, I am telling you it's going to come through the word of God. Amen. Ephesians 5, 26 says, sanctifying, cleansing by the washing of the water of the word. That is, speaks of the labor in the Old Testament. John 15, 3, put up John 15, 3. <clears throat> Thy word is truth. God says you want to be sanctified, you're going to be sanctified through the word of God. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. You say, Reggie, what needs to happen? Let me just say tonight this, that we need to get honest with ourselves. Yeah. We need to admit that we need to let God work in us. Amen. We need to admit that some, some things we're doing that we're participating in is not right and not pleasing to God. And we need to admit we can't fix ourselves, Amen. that we don't have the power. And we need to yield to God and surrender to God and say, God, would you work in me? I want to present my body a living sacrifice. Lord, I'm willing for you to work in me. I'm willing for you to sanctify me and make me use for the master's, make me fit for the master's use. Get honest, get sincere, get real, surrender to the Lord, yield yourself to Christ, present yourself a living sacrifice. Now let's go to the third one on the back of that page there. Perf perfect sanctification. By definition, perfect sanctification, we refer to the final and complete work of Christ that is coming when he remove us from all contact with sin so that our experience will correspond with our position. And the time that that, and put up, first, put up Philippians 3.12, Paul said, not as though I were already perfect. Philippians uh, 3.12. Philippians 3.12. Not as though I had already attained. Has anybody here arrived yet? No. no. But we want to keep moving forward, don't we? Amen. Growth, oftentimes in your children, you don't see them grow. But they're growing. Yeah. The Word of God will just gradually change you and you, you'll look back and say, you know, my desires are different than they used to be. I, I, things I used to just love, I don't even love them anymore. I don't want anything to do with them anymore. God's changing you. Well, he said here in verse uh, 12, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after you, if that I may apprehend that for which I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul said, you know, I'm not arrived. By the way, if you read Paul real careful, Paul had an anger problem. If you didn't go along with Paul, he'd kind of cut you off. <laughs> he was a pretty rough character if you study him real close in the book of Acts. Uh, John, 1 John 3, 1, this is my, one of my favorite verses. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. That's positional sanctification. But it yet doth not yet appear what we shall be. That's in the future. But we know that we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Someday we're going to be perfect in Christ all the way through. I'll not be in a sin-cursed body. I'm not going to be in a sin-cursed world. And I'll be completely sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 3.13 talks about in holiness, sanctification. That is coming. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it's sanctified holy, your spirit, your soul, and your body. The third, the, the, how does God do this? 
Boy, I want, I want you to go to Jude 24. Jude verse 24, and we're going to close out here in just a minute. By the way, I'm going to tell you, there's people coming to the altar right now, and I want to give an open invitation to all of us. God working us. God working us. Take, sanctify me, Lord. Draw me closer to you. Lord, take the stuff out of me that, you know, separate me from this world. I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. There's been some rough things happened in my life the last two or three years. In fact, actually the last 10 years. And I'm telling you where I'm at right now. It, I'll tell you what it's caused me. <laughs> I don't feel like I belong in this world no more. There's nothing in this world that if God came tonight, I'm ready to row. If he said, Reggie, it's your time out tonight, I'm ready to row. I just don't, he has, what he's done, he's cut the cords. He's made me realize that all that's really important is my relationship to Jesus Christ. And made me realize that what really counts is what's going to be in eternity. And you know what? That whole thing has just caused me to kind of die to some of the stuff I used to really think was important. Jude 24, what a verse. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. Amen. And look at this statement. To present you how? <laughs> Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Did you know that you and I will be presented faultless before the Lord because of Jesus Christ, yeah. what he did for us? I want you to get this note down here at the bottom of the back, back page there on the back page. Sanctification, if you don't get anything else tonight, get this, is a divine work. It's a divine work. It's something God, it, God even has to put it in us. We don't naturally want it. In fact, our flesh will away from it, don't want it. To where, God, to where we say, you know what? I don't, I don't want the world stuff anymore. I don't want anything the world has. I don't want its music. I don't want its philosophies. I don't want its ideologies. I don't want its religion. I want Christ. I don't want its dress. I don't want its pleasures. I don't want its entertainments. I just want Christ. It's a divine work of the Father, John 17, 17. If you put that up, guys, John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's a work of the Son in Ephesians 5.25. And to close out tonight, it's a work of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now look, at, look up at me tonight and listen to me carefully. You know one of the reasons that I rejected and backed away from the doctrine of sanctification? is because I saw a lot of spiritual pride. Yeah. And I saw a lot of attitude of spiritual superiority. And I knew that was wrong. And so I backed away from it. You listen to me tonight. If you decide to come up here and say, whatever you do tonight with this message, would you humble yourself? And just say, Lord, this, this is not about pride. This is not about me, me looking good as a Christian. This is just about me humbling myself before you, letting you do the work of sanctification in my heart, my mind, and my soul that needs to be done. That's what it's about. No pride, no spiritual superiority, all of God's wonderful grace. I've asked God to forgive me for the neglect of this doctrine. I think, I think some people's been hurt through my preaching because I didn't preach it. Separation. 
I preach separation, but not sanctification. How many knows that? That's the truth. It's like this week, God opened my eyes. He said, Reggie, open your eyes. See this. Reggie, separation without sanctification could be damnation. A lot of times we want separation because that, 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 that looks good to us. You know, that, 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 you know, oh, God, save us from separation without sanctification. Sanctification is a work of God in your life through his word, conforming you to the image of Christ, separating you from this world unto him with a glad, happy heart about it. It is not a, you, you, when that works in you, you won't, boy, this, I, I guess I should, but I sure hate to. Hmm. It's happy, joyful, glad that God is working in us to take it. I don't tell you what, those old timers you sing that song, this world is not my home. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads together tonight. I'd like for the pianist to come. If you're interested tonight, saying, Lord, I don't know a whole lot about this, but I just know I'd like to have a good work of your spirit in me, separating me unto you, separating me in practical sanctification. Maybe you just want to thank God for the position of sanctification that you have. And say, Lord, thank you. I'm so glad that God had, God's taken me out of this world. I am so thankful. My land, I am so grateful. But I want God to work and conform my mind and my attitudes, my countenance, my spirit. I want it, I want it conformed to Christ. And I want to be, I want to work of the Holy Spirit so that I won't hinder other people's lives. Would you come tonight and say, God, I don't know what, maybe I'm asking, but I'll tell you what I want you to work in my heart. A sanctifying work unto yourself. You feel free to come tonight. You just do some business with the Lord. God, I yield myself. I present myself. I am willing tonight for you to work in my life. Come on. The Holy Spirit's tugging at you. Why don't you come? Don't resist the Holy Spirit. He loves you. He's God Almighty. He loves you. He wants your very best. God's not separating you for your hurt, for your damage. It's not for your destruction. It's for your blessing and for your good and for His glory. I'm going to tell you something right now. God intends for His people to be different from this world. And the problem of Christianity in America is We've cut out and designed and carved an idolatrous Christianity to where we can be conformed to this world and reject sanctification and think everything's lovely. Satisfying our flesh, but it grieves the Holy Ghost and we wonder why God's not working through us. Would you come tonight? All across this auditorium, I thank you for listening. Are we online, guys? It's not on up there, but anyway. I want to encourage those of you online tonight, you might have a place to pray there at your couch or your chair where you're at, or maybe you're in your truck driving down the road. But I'd encourage you to say, Lord, would you do a sanctifying work in my heart by your spirit to conform me to the image of your son? I wonder tonight how many could say like Reg Kelly, Lord, I'd like for you to take an angry spirit out of me 
and make me a kinder person. Could you stand that kind of sanctification tonight? <clears throat> That's what we're talking about. I don't want to be so harsh. I don't want to be so critical to people. I want to be loving and kind to people and give them grace as God has given me grace. I don't want to live a Christian life so everybody can think that I'm holy. I want to live a Christian life so God gets glorified. It's not about me, it's about Him. Lord, I need my motives purified. Maybe tonight the devil's just created a cankerous critical spirit and all you can see is the bad in people and the junk. Lord, take that out of me tonight, sanctify me. You know, what if Jesus would have come by that well and that woman was there? What if he would have said, I know you, you've been married six or seven times. He let the spirit do his work. Did you ever think about the fact that Mary Magdalene study her life. Did you realize the Bible said he'd cast, what was it, seven devils out of that woman? Let me tell you, Christ came to save sinners. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what will help us if people can read the epistle of God in our lives. And that will only happen as we are sanctified under Christ. A broken spirit he will not despise. I want to ask you tonight, down deep inside you, are you self-righteous? You think it's, you know, you, you're really kind of proud of the Christian life you live. You dress right, look right, do everything right. You talk right. You, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. But I want to ask you, is that a work that the Holy Spirit's done or is that your attempt at self-sanctification? And honestly, in your heart, you're proud about it. God help us. God help us. Our Father in heaven tonight, we bow before you, Lord, in humble gratitude for the great wisdom and the great grace that's revealed to us in your word. I want to thank you, God, tonight that you not only save us, but you separate us unto yourself. I tell you, Lord, I appreciate that so much. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you place us in Christ, in God. And Lord, that we're sanctified through the offering of Christ once for all. And we're grateful for that. But Lord, tonight we present ourselves and Lord, I as best I know as this pastor present this church to you. Lord, do a sanctifying work in here. To where Lord, there's a joyful surrender and joyful obedience to the word of God and a hunger and a thirst after righteousness not because the preacher said this or mom and dad said that, but because we love you and we want to be conformed to the image of your son. Oh God, sanctify us, change our desires, change our minds, how we think, change our attitudes. And Lord, I just pray you know the truth about it, Lord. I don't know much about what I'm talking about except just what I read in your word. But I feel so stupid tonight. I feel so childish. And yet, Heavenly Father, I see 
that this is a critical, important, so important doctrine of the Christian faith. I pray, Lord, work this truth of your word into the heart of this church. And Lord, I pray, please, in spite of my wicked flesh, work a work in me, a sanctifying work. To where the beauty of Jesus could be seen. We do bless your holy name tonight. I ask you, Lord, please answer my prayer about this and answer these people that are praying tonight. Answer their prayers. Hear us, O oh God. Hear us. Joel, I'd like to turn to number 454. Would you do that, please? I want everybody to look up here tonight. When I got saved and surrendered to preach, I was raised in that country church and I had, uh, <clears throat> I had some influence in different denominations, but I really wasn't any denomination, but I had some influence. And one of them was what I was talking to you about tonight about this business of, well, I'm saved and sanctified holy and kind of proud about it and like everybody else was underneath. And, and that caused me to, I, I just, it, 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 it was an aversion. But when God saved me, I just, I just wanted to know the Bible and whatever's truth, Lord, that's where I want to be. If that's Pentecostal, that's where I'm going. If that's Baptist, that's where I'm going to go. If that's Episcopalian, if they got the truth, I, don't, I just want the truth. I don't care about the name tag. I want the truth. And you know, the Lord never did let me join some group, but uh, I, I'm going to say this. Now you hang on to your hat a little bit. I, as time went by, and I stood back and watched and read my Bible and I'll tell you, I was reading it and I watched and I looked at the different doctrinal positions of people and I decided finally that the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church had doctrinal truth more so than any group I knew of. I'm just being gun level honest with you tonight, okay? Not saying I'm right about everything, I'm just telling you what happened in my experience. <clears throat> and so I was drawn to that, okay? because I felt like they were more doctrinally straight with the Bible than any group I could see. I didn't become a Baptist. I didn't become an independent, didn't become any kind of Baptist, but I agreed mostly with their doctrine because I felt like they're the closest to scripture that I found. But I never did feel like God wanted me to join a particular group. I just didn't. In fact, I felt like he forbade me too. But I'm gonna to say tonight, I love all of my independent fundamental Baptist brethren. But I believe there's been a bad mistake made. And I believe it's in this area of sanctification. I believe they hung their rules up and said, this is what the Word of God says. You better believe it or I'm going to beat you dead with the Bible. And a cankered spirit got in it. And a prideful spirit got in it. We dress right. We do this. We do that. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do Now you listen to me. Brother uh, Larry Brown, 
One of the reasons I have him come, that man helped me. Because he didn't have that kind of spirit in him. And so what I began to realize was, Reggie, don't just see the negative. They're, they're not all like that. And I owe a great debt of love to the independent fundamental Baptist people that tried to make sure they were not just, they were trying to be separate, but not making it a weight. You follow? Am I making sense tonight? And the thing that I would just encourage all of us, we need standards. We need some rules, God's rules, but it all needs to be done by the Spirit of God. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, if we don't, you'll lose your kids because they won't be able to take the weight. And they'll see the inconsistency and they'll see the hypocrisy. And I am just determined that before I die, if I, God will let me in this church, that we're going to have, that if we're going to have standards, it's going to be because of the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God Amen. that creates the desire in the heart for that Amen. out of the love for our Lord Jesus Christ Amen. and not because that's what we do and believe. Amen. Now, you may not like what I just said, but I've just told you the truth in my heart. Because my, I'll go to you. I hurt for what I see out here. And what the Lord has really revealed to me is the absence of the sweet work of the Holy Spirit and that sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in doing what we want to see done in people's lives. You listen to me. If I don't have this as a pastor, I can get frustrated to death. Well, they don't listen. You can preach your head off and they won't mind. They won't do nothing you say. You know what? It's not my job to change you. It is not my job to change you. It's my job to preach the word and let the Holy Spirit change you from glory to glory. And that may take some of you as long as it does Reg Kelly. But I need to be patient with you. I'm, pouring, I'm telling you, I'm shooting you straight out of my heart tonight. And don't you go out here and say that I was condemning independent. I'm not condemning them. I appreciate them. I am close to them. You'll probably notice that's about the only people I have come to preach here because of the doctrinal straightness that they have with scripture concerning salvation. But I do believe they missed it somewhere or another in this issue of sanctification of the spirit. I don't believe it was intentional. I believe they meant good, but I believe they just kind of became this is what we do and it became done by the power of the flesh instead of the power of the spirit, and that's where they missed it. So you can all say, well, that's the last time I'll ever come here. I don't like that, uh, and I'm sorry. But that's just the truth about it. Now, let's stand together. I want to say